0: Welcome to the Med Device Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Fran Moriarty. Med Device Careers is building a community shaping the future of healthcare. Each episode, I'll sit down with leaders and innovators in the Med Device space to discuss their career path, explore their contributions, and share their advice. Join us today at meddevicecareers.com to grow your knowledge, network, and career. In this episode, I sit down with Vince Burgess, Derek Chow, and Peter Elia of Acutis Medical. Vince currently serves as the president and CEO, where he brings over 30 years of experience in healthcare operations, marketing, business development, and venture capital. Derek, Acutus's chief technology officer, has nine years of experience in the design and development of pioneering medical technologies for the field of cardiac electrophysiology and imaging and has been a key inventor and technology leader in software and algorithm development, ultrasound imaging, device navigation, and 3D cardiac mapping. Peter is the company's chief strategy and business development officer, and has 25 years of experience in the electrophysiology field, working for companies such as Guidant, Boston Scientific, and Biotronic. His expertise includes sales, market development, acquisitions, and partnerships. In this conversation, we discuss Acutis as a disruptive force in the space, right to work and the company's philosophy on culture and team building, and slowing down one's process. Please enjoy. So uh, listen guys, I really appreciate you being here, taking the time. Before I jump in, I'm really interested in kind of talking about sort of what you guys are doing, not just technologically, but like culturally and operationally at Acutis. Um, but before we do that, I'd love to like just really quickly individually hear from you, like, you know, what was your initial interest in the med device space? How did that, like, what did that entry point look like for you? So Vince, we can start with you sort of, what was it about the space that interested you and, and how, you know, where did you start?
1: Yeah, so um, I had no specific interest or background in med tech or clinical or R&D. I ended up uh, getting a, a job with a venture capital firm right out of college that was based in San Diego, and there was a pretty good biotech community down there at the time and We happened to make some investments there and then I graduated and i 'm sorry then I, I left um, and went back to business school and then I graduated from business school and The, the job that was available was working for an emerging medtech company up, up in el monte uh, california and uh, uh, it was a company that was trying to to figure out how to go from open surgery to laparoscopic surgery for removing gallbladders and that sort of thing. And uh, uh, the CEO asked me if I wanted to try my hand at product marketing, product management, and I knew nothing. I didn't know if I was gonna pass out when I walked into the operating theater or what. If I when I saw blood, I had no idea what was gonna go on. But uh, long story short, Six months later, that whole field was just exploding. General surgeons were learning how to do gallbladder surgeries in a totally different way, but they had to be trained. And I found myself at the Annenberg Animal Facility in Palm Springs, California, training as a 24-year-old guy, training 50-year-old general surgeons who'd been doing gallbladder surgeries for 20 years, how to take out a gallbladder using an endoscope or a laparoscope. and it was like, how the hell did I get here? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. um, but I loved it, I absolutely loved it. Because I'm, I'm kind of a, I like you know physical things and tinkering with tools and stuff like that and I'm very visual and you know, it was just really cool to, to you know, just roll up your sleeves and get involved with something like that. Yeah, that's great. Learning, watching doctors who've been doing something the same way every day for their whole career, figure out how to do something differently that early in my career <laughs> served as kind of the, you know, the foundation for everything I've done since then. I'm, I'm always working with innovative technologies.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I want to talk a little bit about your experience in VC and sort of in addition to your operational experience. Uh, so Derek, you were you have a BME PhD, right? So yep. your, your transition's with sort of on the, on the radar for, for a while.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think for me, I think everyone needs a creative outlet. For me, my creative outlet is to take the things I've learned in the past, things that I'm learning every day, and trying to bring them all together to make, make cool stuff. Um, so uh, medical device, med-, med tech has always been an area I, knew I wanted to go, uh, I geared everything I learned in my education and structured my whole academic programs around working on medical devices. Uh, so I was fortunate to uh, started at Acutis, first job out of my graduate program, um, learned a lot uh, I brought a little bit of learning from where I came yeah. uh, and uh, learned a ton over the last 10 years. That's awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. What number of employee were you? Like 10. Like number? Yeah. Wow. of the first 10 like employees, yeah. yeah.
3: 10 years, number 10. And now he's our chief technical officer. Yeah. So for all the, the young potential prep students out there, there's lots of ways you can take a career, med tech and med devices, uh, doesn't necessarily need to be all about sales or leadership or being a mapper or a, a pacemaker implanter, you can end up sitting right here as a chief technical officer with one company, yeah. which is amazing. It's actually a really an amazing story.
0: So uh, Peter, your background, I know you extensive experience sort of working with Biotronic and Guidant. What was your sort of entry or foray into the space?
3: Yeah, it's a really a, a wonderful question. So I come from Uh, an immigrant family of of Greeks. Uh, Dad flipped burgers, um, put his brother through medical school that became a cardiothoracic surgeon. So in the day, I'd go bus tables, and then in my free chance, I'd go watch my uncle operate on hearts while I went to uh, a college in San Diego. And I found it fascinating. Um, I tinkered an idea of being a doctor, and I realized that I just wasn't smart enough to be a doctor. I was smart (laughs) enough to be a salesperson. So, my background of being in the restaurant taught me about this whole experience of medical sales. So, um, there's a couple of people that I got to know in and out of the OR suite that I, I asked them what they did and they said, you know, we sold valves, we sold pacemakers, we sold whatever. So, I was intrigued, so my final year of college I just pulled all the Rolodexes, uh, uh, cards out of the Rolodex, you know, at Rolodexes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of your students don't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just started calling anyone with the vice president title, and uh, one of them called me back, and I went to work for a uh, very small pacemaker company that uh, is called Telectronics, that uh, no longer existed. They need reps because uh, they had everything had they had had gotten recalled and everyone fled and went to other companies. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great opportunity. So I went in, and the depths of their uh, of despair for this company, then slowly but surely I built my career up. But uh, wonderful question, and you never know where you're gonna start in this business, but yeah, you gotta start.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. And, and it's like three unique sort of different scenarios or, or entry points, right? So. Um, you know, just circling back on you know, your, your background um, in VC, you know, y- you've got operational and venture experience um, that you bring to your role as CEO. Um, I'd be curious like, to hear a little bit about your perspective on like the state of venture in medtech, like, you know, and, and you know, your time sort of wearing both investing and operational hats, like how that informs maybe your, your strategic thinking.
1: Venture capital in healthcare, it's a huge segment. For, for venture capital investing. But typically, just over the last 20, 30 years, biotechnology has consumed the vast majority of those, those dollars. Um, medtech has always had a, a relatively small sliver, maybe 15, 20% of all healthcare VC investments. Uh, in, in large part, just because those therapeutics, those biotech drugs have you know, multi, multi-billion dollar markets and, and stuff. Uh, having said that, you know, medtech, People have tried to kind of take the view that medtech investing is on the wane, and maybe everything's been invented in medtech, and there are no big markets left. Over the last, you know, I've been involved with VC since 1987 uh, or '86, and um, it always comes back. There's always innovation. There's there's still plenty of of innovation. There's still plenty of unmet medical needs. I mean look no further than like at a shockwave medical. Nobody thought there was everybody thought all you know all the innovation had basically happened and and calcification in veins and coronaries and stuff and here comes shockwave and I think they have a six billion dollar market cap uh, four or five three, four years after launching. So, you know, I think there there's plenty of opportunity for continued innovation and improvement in care in in med tech. So um, very fertile territory. That's great
0: Yeah, and speaking about innovation you you mentioned you've been with uh, Acutis for over a decade with AF in that space it's constantly evolving right Um, you know we're learning new things about AF's pathophysiology you know there's no sort of consensus on you know treatment strategies Um, and you know there's as we know long-term outcomes for you know AF ablation are sort of mediocre so you know, having spent as much time at Acutus as you have, you know, as um, you know CTO working on the technology, how have you seen that technology evolve, sort of like in line with, with the developments in the space, like in a way that is, you know, meeting the needs of customers and patients, right? And, and I'm I'm curious. I want to jump in a little bit about the technology in a minute, but just you know, your your sort of perspective on AF as a as a disease state and sort of what, what your approach is at Acutus in, in treating it.
2: Yeah, I think there are a lot of things in EP that we're, all re- we're really good at. EP's already really good at. I don't think that AF is one of them yet. I think that they've sort of served their purpose, and they've gotten to a certain point. And I think that there are, there are times in which new technologies have to be developed to, to break new ground, and then sometimes previous technologies can be Brought back to life and sort of reinvigorated, so uh, innovation, you know, derives from both a historical perspective and looking into the future. And I think that AF is going to require that. Um, we're on the cusp of lots of new digital technologies, lots of computational technologies. Those got to come into the fold. But sometimes we have to take a look back and think about what what got us here is our our. our Technology is based on certain assumptions, and sometimes those assumptions limit us from getting further. And I think that's where Akita sits, is the fusion of both of those things. Uh, we rethink the way in which things are done and how can we make them better, um, and how can we apply things that are just freshly being developed uh, on the cutting edge and bring those into, into this space.
0: Right. Yeah. From sort of the outside perspective, it looks like that inflection point of, of innovation is it's not just on the technological side, but on the uh, on the operational side, branding side as well. So, you know, Peter, you, you like have had success growing teams and businesses with uh, Guidant and BioTronic. You know, I'd be curious to hear a little bit about what that experience has been like at Acutus, like. Are there things in your playbook that you've been able to sort of iterate on and replicate in, in a successful way? Were there any things that, like that were new that you like had to adapt to because you're in a similar space but it's adjacent? You know, I'd be curious to see like what that process has been like for you.
3: When we built out Guidant as young leaders, uh, we were fortunate to have a couple of breakthrough technologies. Uh, one of them was bivy defibrillators, and the second was dual chamber defibrillators. So for all the youth out there, that's maybe 20 years ago, and it it, it allowed us to grow rapidly, and hire the right people to expand the market. And then when we chose to go to Biotronic, it's, we had the same opportunity. We launched something called home monitoring, which now is everywhere. It's prevalent. Uh, Biotronic was the founding um, uh, a company that introduced home monitoring, so it was a, just another game-changing technology that allowed for rapid growth and team building. Um, without a, uh, a product that it, you can have differentiated products and features, you're just gonna really just grind and battle. So when Vince recruited me away from Biotronic, I just looked at the technology and I said, oh, we have exactly what I've been looking for, adjacent to the same customers that I've been dealing with for 25 years. So to move a team and to build a team and to move Mindshare, you need to have some relationships. And in this case, they're all the same electrophysiologists that have been doing the same things as kind of Derek alluded to, with great outcomes. Uh, PVI ablation is just fine. And then we come along that is a game-changing portion of the technology. And all the doctors felt like they had to give it a shot. With that comes a whole lot of people that they've trusted. So my goal is to figure out who they are, bring them over to Qtis, same type of formula, but with our amazing breakthrough product. The one thing I noticed at the end of Biotronic is we were doing our fellows meetings and I was throwing a lot of symposia. The physicians would talk about ablation. They wouldn't talk about cardiac rhythm management. Cardiac rhythm management paid the bills. It was a fantastic um, space for them, but their passion drew to ablation and AFib specifically. So when Vince recruited me, here, I said, this is going to be a really good run. So now it's been about three years. We've grown substantially. We're in the market to hire a lot more people because we're in a huge team-building portion of this. Because our product is now speaking for itself through its great outcomes. Right.
0: You know, I love this. Uh, you know, this tag that you guys have. You know, acuteus mission is clear, goal is simple, vision is bold. Right. And it's a forceful and a pretty direct value proposition for you know, what's a complex space, treating a complex disease state, right, with historically complex treatments. So if you were to summarize what you see as like the acutest advantage, I'd be curious to hear what that would be. It could be uh, from the technology to the, um, you know, to the, uh, I think, you know, the ability to put physician and customer education at the forefront seems to be something that you guys are doing as well. Um, But like, when you think about what's the differentiating factor for you guys, I just, Be curious. What what that is? I mean,
1: right now, I think it's kind of a horse race between our people. I mean, the the team of people that we have put together at this company over the last couple of years is just phenomenal. And you know, most most folks think that it's all about the technology, and it has to be differentiated. And people will beat a path to your door if you just have better technology. And yes, that's necessary. You have to be differentiated, but and that's where we started for sure. We, the foundation of the company is technology differentiation, which is our mapping system and our image guided therapy. But we had, a, we had an analyst in here who spent the better part of the last couple of days with us uh, from, from Wall Street and really got to know the whole team. And he just took me aside this afternoon and said, I have to tell you, I love your technology, but I'm even more impressed with your team. Every, every facet of our team is just A-plus quality folks, everything from therapy managers, mappers, salespeople to our head of clinical, to Peter, to Derek, I mean, it's a rock star team.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because being in a space that is so technologically not just focused but innovative, right? There's constantly evolving technologies, there's um, constantly evolving therapeutic treatment you know, methods but it really does come down to you know people and then the ability to execute on that but just talking a little bit about the technology so Derek like walk me through you know charge density mapping a little bit because it is pretty fascinating
2: in essence I spoke before about assumptions core assumptions that existing technology had to tackle a beast like fib uh, you just have to do things differently Uh, from from its core uh, you have to be able to measure everything all at once all around the chamber you can't go from one place to another, and hope that things are the same. And so uh, you also need incredible resolution, which, uh, from our perspective, the technologies of the past haven't delivered on all of those things at the same time. You can't see everywhere all at the same time with great resolution. Uh, Charge density is a key piece of the puzzle that gives us that ability. Um, And with that, I think that gives us a breakthrough capability to see Fib in a way that hasn't been shown
0: before. So, you know, one of the things that I, I, I think is interesting is um, there seems to be sort of a, uh, a, a top down strategy as it relates to, um, you know, positioning Acutus as sort of a disruptive entity in the space, right? Um, how does Right to Work fit into that for you guys?
3: Our CEO, Vince, is a huge proponent of Right to Work. Um, you know, the Biden administration uh, uh, put out executive order saying that he wants to get the whole country to be a right-to-work state. We're we're fortunate in some states, like California, have a right to work. We, beyond executive order, we believe in an open platform for our physicians can treat their patients with whatever catheter they want, and we believe that our employees have an open access to leave whenever they want. We pay them fairly with great compensation and best-in-class products. Usually, that formula keeps people there for a long time, 10 years, 10 years plus. And that is our formula, it's very simple. So if you choose to come work for us, you're gonna have a great time. You have a great career. We owe it 300 employees deep. We should have a couple thousand in a few years. So the progression of what we're looking to do is amazing. But we won't hold you here against your will. And that is something that Vince has bestowed down upon all of us. And it comes right back to what we're wearing. And thank you for saying it, you know, we are different. We don't uh, wear suits and ties. Uh, we actually prefer people take them off when they come to the office when they want to do business with us. And it's just a level of relaxation, but a level of seriousness that doesn't exist with some of our competitors. And it's a very nice blend that we insist on keeping. And even when we become one of the big, big, big guys and we're gals, because we're going to be, we won't change who we are at our fundamental core. We will look the same. We'll be a little older. And, but we will dress the same, we will act the same, and we'll respect everyone the same way we do now. I, I appreciate you guys' this time a lot. So
0: just in closing, if, uh, if you had advice for somebody who was either trying to enter the space or is in the space and they're looking to, you know, grow their career or, you know, make a change and, and um, you know, maybe join a, a, an organization like Acutis, you know, what would that advice be? You know, it could be somebody who is on the commercial side, somebody who's in R&D. I'd just be curious, you know, what your thoughts might be
3: you have a whole career in front of you, and you chose the right career path, and to get to the stage that you're deciding to go to PrepMD, your career is gonna be amazing. Placement in this program is fantastic. You're around incredible people. Slow down your process. There's plenty of people that you're gonna come in contact with. Take your time to understand who you're gonna work for. Understand the culture, understand what they stand for, and understand the products that they have. And that must be at your core. Never be in a rush to start your career. Because as Derek and myself and Vince, 10 years straight at one company, I was 13 years at Guidant until they got up at Boston Scientific, 13 years at Biotronic, and now I'm here with Vince and the gang for three. You You'd never want to be a jumper. You want to find the best place you can be and just go for it. So slow it down to get out the door in a great spot
0: that's great Well, i appreciate your time and thank you guys if you enjoy hearing conversations like this one please subscribe to the med device careers podcast leave a review and recommend to a friend to help spread the word are you searching for a new career looking to hire the next med device star want to grow your network or are simply looking for a reliable source of med device news and insights med device careers is creating a platform for professional development and opportunity Cultivating growth through engaging content and conversations, and connecting Med Device professionals across the globe. Go to meddevicecareers.com and create a profile today. You can also follow Med Device Careers on all social platforms, and I can also be found on Twitter at PacedBeat or on LinkedIn, where I'll share what I'm reading and learning as I continue to grow my own career.
1: Thanks again.